0: Hello, and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I wanna be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Hello and welcome back to the Women in Safety podcast. Uh, Another really exciting journey story today. Uh, You know I'm all about empowering others with overcoming those barriers those you know how do we get into health and safety the journeys that we overcome and knowing that there's a group of us that have all gone through different experiences and and here to tell the story so i'm joined today by the wonderful peter masika good morning peter
1: hi alana how are you
0: i am pretty good i think we're due for some storms today so definitely feeling feeling the heat today but we'll work through that uh Peter, thank you for joining us. I will quickly just pop out there that Peter is doing a member-led workshop for us in March, April, May. I'm going to drop it in the show notes. You would think I'd be more organised than that. But Peter is going to be doing a member-led workshop for us in March all around occupational violence in the workplace. Uh And making sure that we understand from that really risk management piece, the reporting piece, how we capture that in the workplace. So grab the show notes because there'll be links to booking that in. Uh, But today is all about Peter's journey uh, and it's a really interesting one. So Peter, tell us, how have you, and I always say it, fallen into health and safety?
1: Okay, so um, first of all, just want to acknowledge that I'm coming from Ngunnawal country and Unlike Alana, it's not humid and hot and stormy yet, but quite a lovely day. And um, just in regards to my story, I think moving to Canberra from Sydney is where the work health and safety role started. But prior to that, I worked in an elevator company and I was a health and safety rep. And there was a um, Navy, oops, sorry leaning on my keyboard <laughs> um there was a Navy ex-Navy officer in the committee and he was really encouraging I, I wish I could remember his name but he was mm. really encouraging and he wanted me to be the chairperson and all this kind of stuff and I think that's where my interest in safety started and also mm. in the, the team that I worked in we um did um logistics so looking after the warehouse. And so, you know, um, around forklifts and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, it was installation and maintenance of elevators that um, the business was involved in. So when I moved to Canberra, I got the opportunity to go on site um, in my sales admin role and then asked if I could do safety as well. Oh, and luckily, cool. Yeah, lucky for me, the guy that was doing the safety role, so it was sort of at the time an add-on to your normal job. Mm. Um, he was retiring, so it was just perfect timing. And I think that a lot of my journey is about that where I kind of like give it a go or like it's quite um big deal to uproot your life and move to mm-hmm. Canberra, especially because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have the best reputation, but I do love it here. I've been here since 2005. Yeah, right. Um, but, um, yeah, sort of things just kind of fall into place, even though it might be scary at the time. So I was able to do the safety role for a lift, a small lift company branch, the Canberra branch, and I knew a lot of the people already from my role in Sydney. And I really, um, I think just for me personally, I'm committed to helping others and I just really care about people, I mm. guess it's mm. like the cliche thing to say but no
0: um, and i know um i know you jumped on one of our, our very early uh, member mingles and i think all of us you know we hadn't met you before in a member mingle and i think that really came across this really empathetic you really care about people you know you really do want to make a difference in the work that you're doing and i think every interaction we've had on uh, in the Women in Safety forums, has certainly um, that certainly has come through. Uh, fun story: If you've ever been trapped in a lift, it's not a nice experience. We got trapped um, when we used to live in the city. We got trapped in our apartment. Um, we were all it was, I think, six or seven of us heading for a night out, and we'd already had a few drinks, and the lift <laughs> broke, and we were stuck in there for a few hours, and Yep, the boys definitely started to take some clothes off and start panicking about where they were going to the toilet. So I'm glad we got free, but uh, that's my experience <laughs> with uh, the safety in lifts. So definitely, was like, please, lift company, come and save me. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Actually, one thing that I always tell people because I see them do it all the time is, you know, when the lift doors are closing and they put their hand in. Yeah. Please stop doing that. It's really dangerous. Yeah. It makes me anxious when I see it. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Or their leg, or their bag, yeah, and it's yeah. like your bag's gone. Bye.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think the um, oh, I forget what it's called. It's like a curtain of light thing. I think it's a lot more advanced than back then, but mm. not all lifts are new. So mm. maybe keep that in mind. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, so working for this company was great. They um, paid for me to do a cert for in OHS mm-hmm. was called at the time. Yeah, um, the return to work coordinator. I was doing all of the bits and pieces, so helping with the training, a lot of reporting, and we had a national safety manager start who introduced a new safety management system to the organisation. And the first part was, I think it was ten, say ten domains or whatever. They were called, and he introduced just the investigation piece, mm. so that any time an uh, staff member w- went to the doctor, that was the criteria. We did an investigation with the general manager. Mm. For, for me, that was a lot easier with the Canberra branch with sixty five mm. people, but and then we shared that across um, Australia. Mm. So we had to make notes of those investigations. And I think that was really good early on to be involved in investigations and and he was a great mentor as well. So unfortunately, I've lost contact with him over the years. But after I left that company, he still met up with me when he was in Canberra. Mm. A great guy.
0: Yeah, I think that Um, I, I think not that it makes or breaks, but I think it certainly has such an impact like that, that mentor, that leader, that first leader that you can work under that particularly in a health and safety space that's prepared to teach, that's prepared to mentor, can have such a lasting impact on your career. You know, I think about some of the early leaders I worked with and just that style, that empathetic, uh, you know, really people focused, uh, I think certainly set me up to go, okay, that's kind of, I want to emulate those behaviours and traits when I kind of move through my career I think it's really important.
1: Yeah exactly there's a lot of key people through the last I think I've been doing this sorry what is it 18 years? Oh. Mm. Yeah far <laughs> out. Not and good I think, at maths but good at safety. Yeah yeah oh, same.
0: <laughs> and I think I think on the flip side of that uh, we certainly I know you know both of us have spoken about it is you know in the past where we work for leaders who do the complete opposite to us and and have that ability to really almost want you to like make you want to feel like you need to walk away from health and safety because it becomes this really you know when you've got people leaders and health and safety leaders who from a psychological uh, well-being perspective uh, are just eroding that um psychological safety uh certainly makes you question whether you're in the right career
1: yeah exactly and yeah. i think um that experience that i've had similar to yours with mm. the not so great leader has really yeah. helped me understand the impact that work can have on you, your psychological health and I've, I'm really drawn to um, that sort of aspect and so when I um, I got out of that lift company and worked in I started working in the public service and then started work, working in the health service which mm-hmm. is where I still am and I just love it it's like when you're doing safety there it's for patients it's for visitors it's for staff it's um, sort of all-encompassing and In the last four years, I have worked on the occupational violence strategy Mm. for that organization. But prior to that, I got to do some really cool things. And I think that makes, um, I don't know, I guess what I want to say is like, you know, if you get asked to do something in a safety space, give it a go. I um, got to help implement a safety management system because my manager left and Mm. I had and I um, was given the opportunity to act in his role for eight months, I think it was. So manage staff, implement a safety man- management system. And at the time, I think the organisation was about 6,000 people. Mm, and for current. someone newish to safety, that was quite intimidating. And we also mm. implemented a new um, incident reporting system that a lot of health services use risk man. So So mm. um, we implemented that for staff incidents as well, which is great to have it electronic and not paper-based but it was yeah a lot in one year
0: yeah definitely a lot of
1: good experiences and I think Um, the
0: the beauty in that and that the I guess the little piece of wisdom you share there is that you know have the bravery to kind of go I'm gonna give it a go and uh I think I've released an earlier podcast where it talks about you know be prepared to fail it's okay to fail it's okay to make mistakes you know and I will always say that fail stands for first attempt in learning. You know, we've got to fail at some point and it's okay because we're still learning. Uh, And I think in health and safety that we have to have that uh, courage to fail and to say, look, I don't have all the answers uh, and we'll roll with the punches. So I, I think, you know, you had that courage to take that on and it sounds like it was a really impactful part of your career
1: yeah and the other thing that I did which was a bit unusual is I worked in a patient safety role so Mm. after maternity leave I came back and I I kind of had you know um for people that have worked in an organization for a long time some things seem to come around in a cycle and it's like Mm. still still an issue (laughs) and I think I just couldn't cope with that at the time so Matt I had Matt leave and then a job came up And I just went for it in the mental health area. And um, so patient safety role, so more of a focus on the patient risks, falls, medication or handover, Mm. all those kind of things. And I think that was really good to see um, what the actual work of the staff is, like in more detail. And I think for a work health and safety person, it's really important to know what the people on the are doing Mm, mm. um and I really enjoy learning about how how the all the bits of the organization fit together Mm. as well so how it can impact um another area
0: well I know you know we um my brain has gone nope uh, when we when we think about, you know, you, you can go to any, it mostly happens in the larger organisations where there is a kind of corporate function and a, then a site-based function that it does become this, oh, that's just a corporate policy or that's just, you know, corporate have no idea what we do. Uh, and it is that losing touch of what is happening to the people that we're trying to keep safe. And you know, I've said to a number of kind of more junior safety professionals, it's like, who are we writing the policy for? Uh, and if we're writing the policy, you know, and I, I I, literally, it blows my mind sometimes, this whole concept that we have to write the policies and procedures in, you know, ARIEL, size 12, X spacing, I get that we've got um, – brand guidelines and all the rest but it's like does that actually fit the need of the people that need to read it you know have a way are we writing at that university level who is reading these policies and procedures uh and how are we as safety people really knowing what our people on the ground need so I love I love that next little bit of wisdom
1: yeah I um I've had a few examples where like in the lift company, I went middle of winter in Canberra, so pretty cold, Oof. and a lift installation. Um, so I I don't know how many layers of clothing I had on. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, passing stuff to the engineer. Mm. Like, I can't really do anything other than that. I'm not an engineer or Mm-mm. mechanic. But just, just being there in the morning gave me a bit of sort of street cred, I think, because yeah. like the puddles had – like we're covered in ice. It was that cold. Yeah. I still oh. remember it. Oh, um, yeah. And I'll other stay in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> Another um, a few, like trying to get a bit more hands-on. We um, a physio and I did an assessment in the dialysis mm. area, set- setting up the machines because we we're getting some injuries with um, fingers and hands of the mm. technicians. Mm. So we were so I was um taught how to set it up. I would not have a clue now, and the are probably better, but and then the physio would watch me go through it, and then he would have a go. And it was like um, really interesting to get that perspective, not just Do you know when <laughs> it's the, like a top job
0: when um have twins and the twins were born very premature, and you know sitting in the hospital day in day out, uh, you get to know the nurses quite a bit and uh, we got talking, I don't even know how it came up, and we got talking about um, basically health and safety. And we were talking about that we had to send Matilda, our littlest, um, off for surgery. And as we were waiting for the surgeon to kind of finish and the anaesthesiologist, we had about four or five nurses standing around. And, of course, you know, I was I was the distraught mother, feared, fear not. Um, but my other concern was that these nurses had been standing for such a long time and you could see them kind of getting fidgety on their feet. And we got talking about, they were talking about different shoes that they were wearing, oh, what shoes have you got, which I think is what prompted me. And we were talking about what was included as part of you know their uniform and that shoes weren't, and so some of them were buying these really expensive shoes that had that kind of cushioning, and others weren't uh, because it wasn't included. And you know when you think about the nurses' wage and all the rest, but it was just interesting to see that from that um, frontline piece. And I, I certainly went into that kind of health and safety coaching mode about you know, are you reporting these incidents? And there was a very senior nurse there that had been doing it for, you know, 30, 40 years, and she was talking about the impact on her legs and her back uh, and what she has to do now from a physio perspective. So we talked all through that, and I just think it's it's that curiosity, right? It's that how yeah. do you do your job and being curious enough to ask people and curious enough to say, well, what have you tried? What's working you know, who have you spoken to about this issue? Uh, And these guys were like, well, it's just part and parcel. It's just what we do in our job. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. You know, how many nurses are feeling the same way? Like, why are we not voicing this as a conversation? So totally sidetracked. But it was just a really interesting, and I think it is. I think that, you know, the key to success in any health and safety career is curiosity. And it sounds like you had that. You wanted to see. You wanted to learn. You wanted to get a part of the doing, so that you had a better understanding. And I think it's so important.
1: Yeah, I'm very noisy. <laughs> curious. We call yes, it curious. curious
0: not noisy. Sticky, sticky beak. Sticky beak. Curious. Um, <laughs> and so, if you were thinking about, uh, I guess, setting someone up for success that was just starting in health and safety. Now, what what would be those kind of key takeaways from you
1: I've probably got three areas that I would suggest working on so having a support system Mm. um, especially when you're starting out a lot of people experience a bit of pushback from what would you know or especially I I didn't have that actually in the lift company even though it was male-dominated kind of industry I had the opposite where they were all like my big brother and very Mm protective But oh, that's good. listen, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's quite good. But just having a support network of um, peers, other work health and safety professionals. Mm-hmm. So organisations like uh, Plug Women in Safety, but also mm-hmm. Australian Institute of Health and Safety mm-hmm. have a mentoring program that, that's mm-hmm. really great um, and self-care that works for you. These are things that I didn't have in place when I started, but um, do now and what works for me is just going for a walk. If ever, if I'm starting to get really frustrated with a issue or um, just just that pause. It's hard to do, so you got to practice. Mm. And I d- and I like box breathing. So the four, four, four. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I kind of visualize the box. So I'm very kind of visual person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then. F- Education-wise, I I think, um, so I did a HSR course and then I did the Cert four, and then I did a Master's, but I don't think you need to do all of those. I think um, on-the-job experience, um, a Cert four is great because what I did when I did mine is I gave myself, um, I made myself a to-do list for what I thought we were missing in the organisation mm. and then by the time I'd left, I found it again, so I had lost it, found mm. it at the end and had ticked off most of those items, so it was mm. quite a, kind of rewarding. It just fills in the um, gaps of legislation and mm. all, the, all the basics. Um, yeah. So I think you need a good grounding in that.
0: I found, because I did, I don't remember even which way around it was, I think I did my degree and then my Cert four. funnily enough, and um, and I would have said my cert four probably put me in better stead than my degree did. From that yep. practical application of risk and incident management, it was actually getting into the nitty gritty uh, rather than you know the textbook kind of overarching theoretical stuff. That it was actually go and rip out your incident management procedure, go and rip out your risk management and. You know, and all the ones that they can kind of provide or, or tap into a network to kind of ask the questions. But uh, I certainly found that hands-on experience to get reading and understanding and then applying so yeah. beneficial. Um,
1: I actually but- did um psychology at uni, graduated in ninety seven so the cert four was in two thousand and five. Hmm. So there's a big gap between any study, mm-hmm. and then the masters came later. But yeah, I agree. I, I think CERT4 is enough. Mm. Um, and then the other, the third one was um, I think the communication and people skills are really important. So any opportunity to engage in those kind of things, because Alana's mentioned it a lot is like, you know, that uh, asking those curious questions, being mindful of a lot of things like culture, gender.
0: I'm um, coaching. That, that,
1: that power hierarchy where you're a safety person and you're coming in and meeting someone in the kitchen, they feel there's a power imbalance, even if it's not, you don't feel like you're more superior or whatever, but mm. there's a, that power imbalance for the safety professional. So I think good communication skills focusing on those as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting one. Uh, and I'm certainly uh, mentoring a lady at the moment. And literally the conversation I had with her yesterday uh, they've got this big piece of work to do around risk. And she said, Yeah, but I don't know. I think it was like forklifts and basically some more heavy machinery stuff. And she says, you know, I've got to, I've got to upskill this year and really get across what those risks are and you know, really understand it. And I said, Whoa, 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 whoa. I think the the failing in health and safety professionals is that we feel that we need to know. All the failings that can happen in a forklift. And it's just not reasonable for one person to be expected to be across every single risk and how it might eventuate in the organization. And I said to her, you know, she, um, I used the disc profile with her and talking about bringing out that I, which is influence to say, hey, you need to bring the influence version of you to work to get the right people in the room. You are absolutely incredible at what you do of systematically applying risk what you need is the right people in the room and have that confidence to say i don't know these risks but i can help step through the process and i think that builds that credibility of saying i don't know it all i'm utilizing you as the subject matter expert in this and let's build it together to get some really great outcomes. I can't build it alone and you can't build it alone. So let's come together and collaborate. And I think that that makes for a powerful health and safety professional.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think I've been guilty of that, trying to learn everything <laughs> as well, especially because I've been working in um, occupational violence, psychological risk st- space for four years, mm. that I feel like I have to prove myself again. But I know the risk management process back to front because I've done about, I think I worked it out, about 60 team-based risk assessments just on that. So, yeah, um, yeah I just need to take your advice because I think I've said it to you as well. Yeah, yeah I think I'm just pretty just sure like- you
0: have. And I'm like, hang on a minute
1: but um, all we're doing
0: is applying it.
1: Yeah. One communication skill that I think, um, is really key and is very important for other cultures is that active listening. So listening to what, um, and giving time for people to get to, um, what the, what their issues are with, Mm. um, the workplace. I, yeah, I think that's really important and not, you know, not, trying to think of what you're going to say next, actually really listen to the staff. I think that, yeah, that's key. Um, a lot of people are not so good at it. I've, I'm still working on it, but I am really mindful that this is something that is really important to learn about what staff are doing. But, yeah, that, those are the three areas. So that communication support system and then some formal training, but I think CERT for. I, I would highly recommend. Mm, yeah, I, um, I
0: think it's a nice, nice entryway into it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, newsletters, podcasts, webinars, yep. and reading books, though, am I don't know what happened to me after having a baby, but I'm not very good at reading books, but i'm getting I'm getting back into it. And I think daughter, I, I think I make 12.
0: A, Yeah, right. See, <laughs> I think I feel like I make a post every year. I'm going to read more books, give me <laughs> your suggestions. and I get all these great suggestions, and I look up and I just falls by the wayside. It's one of those. when, And I think the problem is, yeah, you can absorb content so many different ways, uh, finding that time to kind of sit and read a book as opposed to maybe like for me, like I'll read a journal article or I'll listen to a podcast. So uh, I've, I feel you there, Peter. Have no yeah. have no fear. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much for joining the Women in Safety podcast today. I hope everyone has enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Uh, I'm really excited to have our member workshop with you, Peter. I think it'll be a really interesting one from that occupational violence perspective because I think, like I was trying to think about it when we were kind of launching it, was I don't think there is an organisation that it wouldn't touch on in some capacity. You know, where we have a customer, uh, where we have people in the workplace really uh, we may be faced with occupational violence. So making sure that it's on our radar, it's on our risk registers and we know how to control it, I think is really important. So I'm looking forward to it, but I really loved our conversation today. So thank you for yeah, joining us. Thanks,
1: thanks so much, Alana.
0: I will drop your LinkedIn if anyone wants to connect with Peter and see the fantastic yep. work she's doing. Uh, I'll drop that in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah, happy to be contacted by yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime, you start implementing some things to transform your career.